Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's podcast for Unheralded News and Pharisee Watch, we're going to visit a couple different items here. First off, it takes place in Gaza, and we know the inhumane treatment against the people in Gaza continues by the state of Israel to have a blockade there. Even materials coming into it are limited for rebuilding. They I just read an article, recent one, where 90% of the material that they're using to build some of the infrastructure that was destroyed so badly three years ago is actually coming through the tunnel. The Israelis are only allowing a drizzle amount in here. And so for this first story, we're going to talk about Gazan slam Israeli detentions. Leslie? Gazan slam Israeli detentions, Press TV, Jan 31, 2012. The protest gathering also marked Islamic Jihad official Qadr Adnan's 44 days of refusal to eat at an Israeli prison. Adnan, who was arrested by Israeli troops on December 17th, started a hunger strike the following day to protest being imprisoned without trial. Rights groups, Physicians for Human Rights, said in a statement on Monday that Adnan's life is in danger. Quote, his health is deteriorating and his life will be in danger if he continues the hunger strike. He does not eat and only drinks water, unquote. The group said in a statement after its doctors examined him, adding that Adnan's trial at a military court was postponed until February 1st over his deteriorating health. Israeli prison authorities, however, claims that his condition is satisfactory. Quote, If necessary, he will be taken to a hospital for further treatment. Unquote, she said. Quote, All the effects of hunger striking have been explained to him. We shall consider forced feeding if it becomes necessary. Unquote. Well, you really enjoy these kind uh, of things. There's also another yeah. story that's related that Israel picked up the first of the, the prisoners that had been released in the prison exchange about two or three months ago for the French soldier, the French Jewish soldier who was serving in the Israeli army, who was traded. He was traded for a large number of prisoners who were, who were released. And Israel has now started, this is the first one, rearresting the same people. They simply claim this guy is a security risk, and so they, they went and picked him up. Uh, so this idea yeah. of prisons, brutality, uh, even force feeding of uh, people and, and things like that are just everyday stuff there. And it's hard to get used to reading about it. The next item is Federal Reserve President Holdings range from ranch land to equities. And what this is all about is that there are 12 Federal Reserve Banks. The only one that we thought counted is the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That's called the Fed, F-E-D. And they're the ones that print the money. 
and they're the ones that deal directly with the Congress and, and haul over the loads of, well, they actually give them electronic money to spend when when the Federal Reserve Bank buys Treasury bonds from the Treasury. We didn't know about these 12 Fed presidents who were, we always thought, just eyewash put out there to convince us that the Federal Reserve Bank is not just a big New York operation running everything. However, it turns out in some of these people under freedom of information requests have coughed up their financial statements, and they've produced financial statements that are staggering and almost bizarre to see, for instance, the Federal Reserve Chairman of St. Louis, I believe it was, held 7,111 acres of farmland from Iowa to Missouri and other enormous holdings of money and cash. Of course, we wonder where these people get all this money, and we now can see why people would be uh, delighted to act as uh, one of the vice presidents of Federal Reserve Bank of Denver or Minneapolis or one of these other places that uh, really don't do anything other than shred money and issue new money and make public appearances to teach us how wonderful the Federal Reserve System really is. Well, it sounds like a cartel, if you would, collusion between the the big bankers. We've seen the bank banking debacle of 2008 and the absence of any criminal prosecution of these people that brought this about. So there definitely does seem to be collusion, a collaboration between the Fed and these bankers. These people, of course, were the actual officers of the branch bank of the Federal Reserve, and uh, their, their functions are quite limited, and nobody quite knew what all the things they do, but, but it appears one thing they do is they become very wealthy. And uh, the article also says that they're not obligated under law to cough up this information. Those that did it were just being nice guys. Our next topic is Iran. The, the United States continues to beat the drums, do everything within its power, it seems like, to aggravate Iran into starting a war. All we need is, is for them to uh, shoot one shot across the bow, and we're going to be down their throats along with our comrades in Israel. Chuck, you've got a, a pretty interesting item here from Bloomberg. Well, my comment was this. I'll read my own comment. Crude oil spurted to well over $100 a barrel after the, that was this morning, after the news that James Clapper of his war clamoring. Clapper, of course, is somebody in the administration. We'll get to him later. But this was talking about how you can look at the price of oil and tell whether we're approaching war or moving away from war. And this morning it looked like we were heading for war and the price of oil jumped to well over $100 a barrel. And then as the heat kind of cooled off during the day, the price of oil dropped back down. The price fell away late in the day and closed down to about $98 a barrel, which is not much consolation, but uh, it basically is an indicator that the war might have died down a little in the afternoon. So we have a moment-by-moment -moment war indicator. It's more likely that Clapper is clapping for war in Iran, maybe uh, postponed because the USA is threatening to attack Syria, and it now seems to have a priority over going to war with Iran. Syria would not cut off much oil from the market because they produce less than they use. So Clapper does not know if Iran will eventually decide to build nuclear weapons, he says, this article says. And so we ask, why are we thinking of war if we don't even know if Iran is thinking about 
nuclear weapons. Now, the story goes on to tell us that Clapper is high up in the administration in one of the departments. And anyway, he lectured Congress today. That's why this is an important story. It's not just somebody spouting off to the media, but this James Clapper was, uh, they made arrangements for him to go in and tell the Congress to get ready for war and how uh, the Iranians are now stepping up their propaganda efforts and also are, are willing to take action to kill Americans. And the example that he used to prove that, which he didn't prove, of course, is that there was a supposed plot in Mexico some months ago to assassinate some uh, bureaucrat. And so that uh, never happened, of course, and there was no proof that there was any intent for it really to happen. It involved a used car salesman from uh, Amarillo or someplace and uh, a plot with Mexican drug runners that didn't come of anything. And this is now being used to uh, make the case that Iran is now trying to kill off our leaders. Again, pure war talk is the kind of stuff we're used to, and we need to discourage that. Great. Thank you. James Clapper, he is the Director of National Intelligence. The reason that uh, I've chosen to mention the price of oil, and I'm, and I'm trying to tie this to a little index, is that we want people to realize that, that war costs, and that the price, a rising price of oil is a penalty of war. And actually, uh, it's fairly in interesting to just watch the news and the price of oil. When the news goes warlike, the price of oil goes up, and it keeps dropping off a little bit, and that means that they're having a lot harder time pulling off this war than they planned. And Iran, has they, they took a very interesting step. They said that all these countries that have threatened to cut off their oil, uh, they're going to try to find somebody to take their place right now. They're not going to wait for them to cut off the oil. If they've threatened Iran, Iran is going to try to find a new buyer, and they'll cut off the people that made the threats. And that includes all of <laughs> Europe and Greece. And you very quickly got announcements from a couple of countries that uh, we don't have any intention of cutting you off. We still want your oil. And, and today uh, Turkey came out and said uh, we are going to continue to buy oil from Iran, no problem. We're paying no attention to this war talk. I say that's kind of a slap in the United States' face because they're supposedly our buddies there. We've got all kinds of troops and bases in Turkey. Yeah, true. So the scheme for war is not selling as well as it did. I think that the fact that oil is still below $100 a barrel is a good indication that a lot of people aren't listening. And I think that, however, it seems to me clear that Syria is really in danger of becoming the next Libya. It is falling like yes. Domino. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, next thing mm -hmm. you know, we'll be going into Egypt and setting up a puppet government there. Okay, well that ends our report for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.